Hi, Jermaine. Good morning. It's literally two minutes to 12. Two minutes to midday on Thursday, the... Oh, what's the date today? The 18th of February. And uh, this is the Curious Anarchy podcast hosted Can by you myself. Talk about My apologies. Host, this is the Curious Anarchy podcast hosted by myself, Jermaine Gregory and Mark Wilson. Welcome, Mark. Hi, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Um, not too bad, not too bad. Mm. Uh, I'm facing a, a wet, grey morning yeah. in a COVID UK mm-hmm. um, on a week where they've opened up hotels for people that come in from 33 countries um, and where they're telling us that the numbers have halved and yet they're spreading rapidly amongst young people. So that's how I am. Um very cleansing this rain that's coming down it's literally just started pouring down now <laughs> yeah so I'm looking out. um again i should say um the hotel quarantine thing has that come in now it started on monday ah, um, I see. okay and there's complaints already that people are being allowed to go for walks and go for cigarettes outside of the building which okay. makes a little bit of a mockery of the idea of it being a secluded area. There's right. also suggestions that some of the staff working there are not wearing protection. Um, um, you know, they're not wearing the clothing to wear if you're working with 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 COVID. So the right PPE. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's the first week, and um, that's where we're at at the moment. Right. It's pretty pretty it's, daunting times ahead. It's daunting. Uh, when I talk to people from other countries, it's systematic in the way that we've consistently mishandled doing these things. And we refuse to learn from other countries. Like, for example, Australia are testing the staff that work in these hotels daily. We're going to be testing them weekly. Um, again, testing the people that stay at them daily. We're going to be testing them on the second and eighth day of their stay. It just, and also the the concept of how, or if they have to go to a hotel in the first place, it's just systematic of the lack of um, leadership. Mm-hmm. This government is trying to go forward with an idea of laissez-faire, which is just let things take their natural course. Because they don't want to make a decision that they think will alienate too many people. So they're doing everything they can to not do that. And unfortunately, it just means it prolongs everything for everybody. Yeah. And people that I knew at the start of this who were very, very pro the government are now very, very anti the government. And that's just taken a year for that to happen. I suppose this uh, pandemic's brought up quite a lot. It's exposed a lot of areas that we could really be doing better. I think it's exposed their lack of um, leadership. Yeah. If you think about anything, a sporting event, um, you know, a war, anything like that, you need positive leadership. And we've, what we've seen here is the leadership that's almost sitting in the back row telling people what to do. It's it's not what you're looking for in a time like this. And we look around the world and we see countries that have completely uh, managed to eradicate the, the illness, the, the, the virus. And we're still a year on. Struggling. Trundling, trundling along, yeah, absolutely. It's been um, worldwide. It's been a pretty. It's been a bit of a competition, and now all the all the different countries are now vying for who can get the most, who can secure the most, and then how post all of the major countries, major sort of financial institutional countries, if you like, get hold of theirs, then they're going to be distributing it onwards, and it's like. Where is the care for the world? Why Why is it we're having some countries buy up a whole bulk of them, yeah. which other co- countries, you know, kind of... So we discussed this. I think you, you'll find that we discussed this before, mm-hmm. you and I. Mm-hmm. And we talked about exactly that. Um, I can't help but have an underlying feeling that the reason why they're unable to unify is their competition in finance and economic markets. Mm, mm. I think that their desire to be the top dog when this all ends is is 
far is very far in overtaking the desire to have a unified response to the virus. Yeah. It's as if they're saying the virus might hurt us, but it's not going to hurt us as much as the economy will. So let's fight to be who will be the top economic nation when this finishes. Which is why, for example, America, up until the election of Biden, was going down the path of just carrying on everything on like normal, yeah. and accepting they're going to have millions of deaths. Mm. Because their argument was, let's just carry on with the economy. And personally, I think that was a wrong decision. If you compare it with China, who's their greatest economic rival, China locked everything down, and within two months, most of the country was able to go about its normal business. Yeah. I wonder how long it's going to take America before it can actually go along with its normal business. Mm, good question. And that's even with Biden being in charge now and inst- uh, implementing the kind of procedures they needed from the beginning. Yeah. So we will see. We will see. We will indeed. I think um, with the... There's... there's... <sighs> dates <clears throat> in terms of the UK opening up that have been speculated. I mean, this is all pure speculation at this point. And to be fair, I'm, I'm not really going to take any date as concrete. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, we've, we've been here. We're in lockdown three. We've, we've, we've done this too many times. Okay. So just let us know when you're actually ready. That's, the, you know, when we start to see things actually open up. Then something's we'll... rattling your side, by the way, just to let you know, something's oh, rattling. My bad, my bad. It's uh, my mic on my zip here, my traffic zip. Um, just letting you know, that's all. No, no, no. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'd like the listeners to be able to hear me clearly today, so. Exactly. I appreciate that. Um, okay, so the topic for today's show is vaccinate me and it was born out of a conversation oh i think is this the first time that we're sharing this with our listeners i think so um yeah so myself and mark we are planning a and i kind of want to call it a long walk to freedom or the long walk to freedom or of freedom, yeah that's the sound of that something yep, yep, like yep. that a twist on the nelson mandela there um, Absolutely, yeah. We're planning a walk for charity across Africa, seven and a half thousand miles, and we're planning to hopefully do it in roughly a year or so. Yeah, and that as soon as the lockdown is 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 open <laughs> again, as soon as we're out of lockdown, we're looking to go and travel. It'll be Mark, myself, and my son Shiloh. I, I just can't imagine anything more impactful, influential in his life that could happen to him at such a young age. Can you tell people how old he is? He's yeah, he's uh, well, he's gonna he's two at the moment. He'll be three next month, three days after my birthday, and um, I'm really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to spending that time. This past year of pandemic has given me so much opportunity to spend time with him as opposed to spending time either putting him to bed or, you know, <laughs> on the weekends only. Um, it'll be an opportunity for me to just pour everything into him and, and have him just experience a different way of life, different cultures, all of those countries that we're going to be walking through, it's just going to be so powerful for him as well as for myself. And I'm sure you're going to feel something as, as well from that too, Mark. Yeah, I think I think there's two things to bear in mind. The first thing is the reason we're doing it is to raise money. We want to give to a number of what we consider worthy causes. So on this side of the water we're looking to give to the trade union side of the national health service so that we're hoping the money goes directly to the people that need it the most we're also looking to give to a number of organizations we work with like the let's talk again about racism and also a couple of community groups that we work with we want to give to them as well we're also looking to to support the charities that we're going to pass on the way. I'm in contact with a number of people in Kenya, Tanzania and Zimbabwe, and we're looking to kind of help to donate to those charities as well 
uh, to yeah. help to alleviate some of the poor poverty and the uh, deprivation that's around the world. We intend to do live podcasts from various areas so people can see for themselves. That's going to be a lot of fun. Lifestyles and the, the lifestyles and also uh, sort of things that we discover of a historical nature that perhaps people don't know about. It's going to be an amazing time. We're, in, in, we're intending to walk about 20 miles a day and we've estimated it will take us around a year uh, to, to do. Mm. Um, and so we're going this we're going with a three-year-old yeah a 28 year old and a 60 year old so we cover three generations of within that walk i'll be 35 but yeah i'll take 28 that's cool i still look at you as 28 and that's just why i said that so oh, um, thanks, thanks. you'll have to give me poetic license for that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, so we were talking about vaccinate me and how the impact of, of, or how vaccines have been kind of rolled out and how they've been taken by different cultures, social uh, societies across the world. Um, yeah. One of the things about traveling through Africa is that there are uh, viruses that aren't so prevalent over here. and. I'm sure. I'm sure it's not all countries, but some of those countries will be will be required to have some sort of vaccination, some sort of jab before entering. Um, and what the the proposition that you put forward, Mark, was was what? Uh, you might have to remind me what we said initially, because okay. yeah. So we were talking about um, my my concerns regarding the vaccine and then you put it to me that okay if having the vaccine would get in the way or, or rather would I allow the vaccine to get in the way of having this experience yeah so on top of that um, let's just say that most of the countries in the world require people if they're going to travel at all to have that vaccination would I've already had my first part of the vaccination I don't have any qualms about having it but Jermaine is in two minds about it so the question was given how much he wants to do this trip would he be prepared to have that vaccination Jermaine mm, yeah I mean when we spoke about it <laughs> It was kind of like, well, at present, it doesn't sort of figure too too much in my life. It's not something that I I had even really considered having as such. Um, until now, I'm faced with the potential of not being able to do this if I don't. So I kind of said yes because. I, I don't think I could turn it down. Um, however, I'd need to speak to Shiloh's mum about him having um, any jab um, and how that would all work. I don't know how it works for you know children under five or whatever, but that's that's going to be another conversation as well. Of course, of course. You know, um, let's start off with first of all what your reservations were about having it before you were going to go on this walk? What's the, yeah. what's the things that make you wary about it? Um, well, the thing for me is that it's been a year now. And, I, well, we believe that Shiloh's mum, Naomi, and Shiloh himself have actually had this, this virus pretty much kind of like the, I think it's like the October, November, um, of 2019, mm -hmm. kind of like before we kind of really knew it was coronavirus. Um, so my thing is, is that how I kind of see it is that this area has been one of the highest um, in terms of numbers and stuff. And I've been out and about, I say out and about, walking to and from one place or the other to the shops or whether it's to... So you're writing again? You're rattling a little bit? Um, yeah, or whether it's to see my son. And I'm just really... 
I just I just feel like I don't do I really need it because I I've been well I haven't been ill this whole time so I'm like okay if it's not broke don't fix it sort of thing yeah 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 um so I'm kind of having a an inquiry into that really um and also <clears throat> it hasn't it hasn't seemed like that much of an obstacle to me so far or up to now up to when you asked me the question yeah um but a lot of people are saying they don't want to take it because they're not certain of what what it actually is or what's in it or whatever do you have those concerns um well there's there's always going to be that concern but i'm i'm not sure that i'm even really querying that i wasn't really querying that it was it was like a nah if anything i'll kind of wait a little while until you know they've done like maybe a year of trials or whatever and then i'll have it if i really need to because yeah. i've yeah. never had the flu vaccine okay you know, the flu jab so i've never felt like it's been but, something that i needed to do so have you ever had any jabs um don't think i have actually no really? um, okay. I, i was tested for the tb um in the heat test did in school and yeah, yeah, yeah. i was clear so i didn't actually have to have the jab itself um and i don't believe in fact no tell a lie i was premature um, okay. sorry not premature late <laughs> like about two weeks late um, okay this kind of would be unusual now um so i was kind of rescued by a c section so i had all sorts of stuff you know plumbed in yeah. me to yeah. you know help me kind of survive through that um no doubt i may well have had a jab at that point i don't know i might have been too well let's leave that because we, we can't be sure of that but, but yeah. did you not have your the 3ms at school you know the mumps and the measles all that stuff did you not have those um, jabs i don't remember having those I remember having I had months as well. I'm pretty certain when you went to school it was almost mandatory that you most people would have it. That so I'm very surprised I'm surprised to hear you say that because I think with the sort of age you are generally speaking most schools had to had to give the, the 3Ms to most children. Mm. Is that really interesting because I had mumps and measles. <laughs> and how did you cure those things? Young. Um, with medicine, I remember when I had chicken uh, okay. pox and had to get the creams and stuff. Um, yeah, the other stuff I don't really remember that. that All right, well, we'll leave it. Have uh, you ever have you ever had? Unfortunate enough to have to go to a hospital to have any operations or anything like that. No. So generally, and what about when have you been abroad before? Yeah. And you didn't have to have any injections going abroad. Uh, I went to Florida. I've been to Spain and to Greece and Jamaica. And you didn't have, and, you didn't have uh, any injections for any of those at all. No, it's pretty, pretty rare. I thought you had to in some of those cases. Well, that's okay. That's fine. That's it's okay because it, it it helps the discussion that you haven't. Um, I suppose my question would be: Yeah, people seem to have a problem with the injection on the grounds that. They're not certain about its a need and b it what it contains. Hmm. I think one of my cons- um, not concerns, such perspectives is is that like I just feel like if you feel you need it, then fine, go ahead. Like I've got absolutely no no quandary with that. Like if you feel you don't need it, then it's up to you. It's a personal choice. But you know, obviously, if you're at risk, I understand that. Or if you think that you're at risk, or if you want to take it because you know it, it gives you some sort of feeling of security, then cool. Okay, which I understand your argument. I think governments around the world are looking from a different perspective. Yeah, because then you're talking about how it would affect you. They're talking about the chances of you being a carrier. So the idea would be you could catch it without suffering from it, but pass it on to somebody else. Now, give you an example of that. In New Zealand, they were completely clear of all the virus. 
I think, I can't remember when, I think it was around September. And then suddenly they had three cases where three English people had traveled to New Zealand and had brought the virus with them. They weren't aware that they had it, <coughs> but they were carriers because they were literally carrying the, 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 the virus to New Zealand. New Zealand shut down for a couple of weeks and then made sure that it didn't spread. And those people were put into isolation until they cleared themselves from. Um, so I think the reason to have the injection from, on behalf of the government of the world would be so that people don't keep bringing it into their country. Mm. So if you've been injected and you were then going to fly to America, America would know you're not bringing anything from the UK because you've had the, the jabs already. Mm -hmm. So on that basis, how do you feel? Now, that's, that's the other side to it. Because it, yeah. there's, there's, you know, it's part of that global, worldwide responsibility. Absolutely. Um, for, for every person to kind of look out for themselves, but also for others. And we've seen how tragic this, this pandemic has been for so many countries. And um, being living in one of the worst affected, you know, it kind of doesn't really bode well if people there aren't having the vaccine or, or aren't being mindful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that kind of raises a further question in me then because I'm kind of like grappling with like oh, but I, I don't really feel I need to or don't really want to like if I have to then I'll do it but then it's like well to take part in something like this you know or walk across many different countries a whole continent <laughs> you know yeah. having that kind of yeah, yeah. how if I say now nah, I'm not going to do it how am I going to do that I'm not, not sure. happy missing out on that. I'm not sure you'd be in a position to do it if you say I'm not going to have I'm not sure that they, I think by then there'll be some kind of international passport. I'd be surprised if there isn't, saying that you've had the injection. Mm -hmm. um, but I think this comes down to miseducation. I think one of the things I noticed in this country is the lack of understanding around the virus. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you take... Oh, Mark, you've uh, you've cut off for a second there. Ah, hello. Hi, Jermaine. How are you? I think we're back. Yes, yes, brilliant. <laughs> Thankfully. Thankfully. That was really, <laughs> that was really strange. Yeah. Um, Okay, so we were talking about um, carrying the virus from different between different countries and, and how that's kind of an obstacle and the, the popular thinking um, towards the virus by, by a lot of people. Um, yeah, would I do it if it meant that I could do it, if it meant that I could do this trip? I don't. I'd, I'd find it so difficult to, to refuse. But I mean, coming back to what we were actually talking about, it's like I'm not certain when. If I use you as a parallel for other people that are going to say the same thing, if you're saying it because you're saying I won't catch it myself, or you're saying it because I'm not a carrier myself, or you say both. Well, I suppose in you know according to what they're saying in terms of like the whole sort of the symptomatic where you can carry and not um, have symptoms. Yeah. Um, I mean, there is that aspect of, okay, like I might be all right, but what about other people? So um, imagine it like this. If, if you were to visit the people pl people and places where you grew up, which aren't in London, and, the, and there was a chance that you'd be carrying it to them, would you be okay with that? This is the thing. I'd, I'd say I wouldn't go. But say they invite you, say it was someone's birthday party, and they said, yeah. oh, please come. No, I mean, right. after we, when we're allowed to travel again, um, but just yeah. saying you could still potentially carry it, would you just say, I'm not going to go to anything at all for the next year then? This, this is like 
this is it. It's like, well, what do I do? Well, this is why I'm asking you because do, 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 do I wait a year and yeah. with potentially, you know, rules may change or guidelines may change, or do I just get it so that I can actually get out there and, and live my life? So here's the thing. Like you, you may have been lucky in your lifetime not to have mumps and measles or whatever, or TB. But what they're saying with, with the virus, because it's such a worldwide spread thing, the chances are most people will, will catch it at some point. Um, if they're going to catch it at some point, if you're not going to go down with it in a bad way for your health and your well-being, there's a chance you will then become a carrier. Just, just mm. carrier, not the other side as well. So having the injection would guarantee that that's not going to be the case. Mm-hmm. So knowing that you know that, what would be your informed decision around that? Um, because that, that is true. Because they are saying that even though you have it, you can still carry it. Yeah. And I mean, for example, we know that with young people, particularly, we know particularly they're they're much more likely to be carriers than they are to be. Like they'll catch it, but it won't affect them in terms of having to be hospitalised. Well, I mean, ninety percent won't. But I mean, there's a ten percent that are having those hospitals, those with underlying issues, and then in some cases those who are unlucky or have a weak immune system. But I'm saying, generally speaking, you know, ninety percent won't be directly affected with it, but they will perhaps carry it to people that would be. That we know now. So the question is, would you and most people who are, let's say, unlikely to catch it on the main level, prepare to have an injection that will stop other people from getting it? That's where the question comes for the vaccinations and for the passports, for travel and all sorts of things like that. And, yeah, that's, that's really where everything kind of goes out the window for me. It's like, I'd have to. My only thing would be with Shiloh, my son. Right. Um, I mean, it applies the same for Shiloh as well, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it also applies for Shiloh in, in as much as you don't know that he might not be susceptible to it. I thought yeah. young people, like under fives and over sixties, for me would be mm. the people you most want to ensure that they're, that they're safe. And if safe yeah. means giving yeah. an injection, then that would make sense I, I recognise the difficulty parents will having in injecting young children but then we mm. have to talk about the western scientific model the mm-hmm. medical system is based on that so before your child comes anywhere near an injection for um, the virus they're going to come into contact with various things that will be used on them through the western scientific model just in terms of raising a child a child being born, pre-birth, all sorts of yeah. So many things will be used. Yeah. Yeah. Natural birth you wouldn't have. So so you know you'd have to say, well if you're if you're you and your partner have absolutely kept away from everything to do with the Western scientific model, then I can understand your concerns. But if you've gone through childbirth and everything, the likelihood is that things are being injected and used on on children that we don't know what they are and what they what the basics of them are. So we'd have to either trust them or not. What's your views on that? My my hesitancy, and this this is this is a bit of a a weird one. It's it's that if either like myself and his mum both agreed not to or to that's that's a big decision yep 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 um because i mean we don't know what the future holds we don't know what kind of measures are going to be rolled out you know in the next five years or so um but at the moment that would be an obstacle and for me if i was to say no i don't want him to have it like he's he's gonna miss that yeah yeah and then again i might not even be able to go because of that because my uh, his mom would need that support however 
What would you do if you and your son were traveling and you got malaria and they had to give you an injection there? This, this, yeah, again, <laughs> that's the other thing. It's like, okay, what do you do in that situation? Yeah. Just tough it out? No, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have to. I'd have to. Well, that's what I'm saying to you. So- I, 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 I don't know how it works with, with children. Or would I have to have, like, permission from his mum? as well uh, you'd have to look into that I, I sure. want to yeah. argue from a legal point I have no idea but yeah, I can imagine any mother would say no to having an injection if a child was ill with something mm. I'd be amazed mm. to hear someone say that to be honest with you mm. I would be pretty amazed um, <clears throat> I think and this is where the, the dilemma comes for a lot of people like so people who are saying to me today they would never have the injection would happily put their hands in medical science if if they um if they were suffering from a road accident and they had to have injections and all sorts of things. Mm. It's the problem that, that, that uh, people are being a little bit disingenuous, not intentionally, but they're being disingenuous because they, they, they're not recognising the, the full scale of how this, this whole thing works. If someone could put something in you because of this injection, why couldn't they put it in you because of any treatment you have? You know, if you're just in a hospital, who's to say what they'll put in you? Yeah, I think for some people it's it's the idea of like the history. So we've long been using like anaesthetics and yeah, yeah. Uh, you know all these other little you know medicines and and remedies that they use in hospitals to help with whatever condition somebody may be you know coming into the hospital for. And um, with this, I think it's again it's probably that whole sort of the newness of it, the novelty. The honeymoon period, if you like. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe in time, people will warm to it, and I do think that a lot of people will warm to the idea. Because I know people that take the flu jab who aren't necessarily looking to go straight in and dive into the um, corona jab, but they are open to having it in the future. See, again, we we take a flu jab not because flu is deadly. Because we've had flu in this society for quite a long time now, and we've had the jab only recently. Yeah. But the jab to have yeah. for flu is, is as much to do with not passing on to people who are more vulnerable and could die from it, and to the fact that there are a proportional number of people that do die every year from flu. So it's kind of a it's like a a safeguard, if you like. It's not it's not I wouldn't say it's essential, but I think it's better than not, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, and that's not to say you couldn't catch these things when you have the jabs. It's like anything. You know, I'll give you an example with malaria. When I was traveling last time with the malaria, there were 21 different strains of malaria. So even if you took the preventative medicine they give you for malaria, you certainly weren't guaranteed that you wouldn't have some strain of malaria. Because like we've learned already with this virus, not only do we perfect medication to try and protect themselves from it but the virus itself mutates and changes to combat that very thing yeah yeah <laughs> you know and, and and as you would imagine it would do the one thing we know about this planet is that anything on it will do anything it can to survive regardless of the consequence to anything else so that goes the same with the virus <laughs> it does everything it can to survive and we're trying to eradicate it. So as we're trying to eradicate it, it's trying to metamorphosize in different shapes and sizes and what have you, so it can continue. Mm. Now, this kind of just brings up the question, that, well, potentially, well, if I go and I have all the jabs and then I end up getting something anyway. Yeah. I mean, it depends, depends on the severity of, of it. Of really. course, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's kind of like, well, should I have gone then? <laughs> uh, well, and then and then we come back to the thing, well, are you any more or less likely to get something if you stayed here than if you went? Mm-hmm. I mean, how can you, if you're going to live a life where you assume you're not going to get anything, you wouldn't do anything at all. You wouldn't leave your house. That's true. Why would you? Well, it'd be so foolhardy if you if you think that outside of society, outside of the cleanliness of your room, all sorts of things lurk and that you could potentially catch anything. I mean, we talk about the virus because it's predominant in the news, but 
you know, you could catch TB just as easily as you could catch the virus. It's an airborne disease. It spreads in exactly the same way. Mm. What we've discovered most from this is the lack of hygiene and the lack of immune system that most people tend to be living their lives with. So most people, have, until they were absolutely ensured to do this because of the virus, weren't necessarily cleaning their hands properly every day, weren't necessarily taking protection to be clean. I don't mean that in a horrible way, but they weren't. And yeah, and, and also that um, <clears throat> the way the way we communicate and, and like we would cough on trains and things like that without second thought. And you don't know the yeah. person next to you hasn't got TB. It's true. But we wouldn't give a second thought to it. Really wouldn't give a second thought. My nephew yeah. came back from China in February last year and he could not believe people were traveling on the train without any protective equipment on, knowing there was a virus in the country. And they were sitting next to each other, they were hugging people up and everything. There was no concern whatsoever. He was walking around with all the stuff he got from China, his gloves and his and his mask. And people were looking at him like he was a lunatic. But he came from a country mm. where they didn't have it because they'd taken those measures to a country that just was yeah. ambivalent about it. It won't affect me. Mm. It, won't, it, won't, it won't worry me. You can't stop me. And then you come to the question, is it an infringement of people's freedoms to try and get them to insure themselves medically, like in taking the right procedures medically. Is it an infringement of those freedoms? I'm reminded of that scene in many, uh, is it? No, Independence Day where the aliens arrive and certain people are getting ready to try and protect the earth and other people are going on top of the building with signs saying, welcome, come down and have a party. Yeah. That sums up Britain better than anything for me and the United States, you know, where people just do what they want to do. There's a very selfish element to that. So let's say, for example, your your grandparents died a long time ago and you, you're not concerned that somebody else's grandparents might die. You don't care what happens with this virus. You can't catch it and who gives a damn what happens to anyone else? It's a very selfish attitude. It's not the attitude they had during the Second World War here. In the Second World War, it was looking after the community. People were shepherded by wardens down to in underground stations so they could be safe from the bombing. We've lost that sense of protecting one another. As long as I'm okay, Jack. Mm. I mean, there is the potential of, you know, maybe having be, or being tested before going. Mm-hmm. But then that kind of raises other queries in regards to your case. Okay, so what if I happen to be asymptomatic and have exactly. it, that exactly. knocks me out for another two weeks? And what happens if you, you, you went to Sudan and you picked it up there? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't solve it. It's just simply. I mean, potentially that would that would be we'd have to probably lock down wherever we were staying for that period of time. Yeah, but I'm saying you you may not um, know is what I'm saying to you. You could be a carrier without knowing that you've got it is what I'm saying to you. Yeah. And and the, and the, the problem well, either way I could be. Yeah, yeah. It. So what I'm saying is having the injection is the best way of ensuring that you're not. Because mm. the, the the problem with this is that. We are looking at how we can help communities. And we're not helping communities if we're spreading things that can cause them a lot of pain and illness and death. So we've got everything we can in our our power to ensure that everyone is safe around us. I mean, what I was thinking was, your son's coming with us, I'm going to do everything I can to ensure he's safe. I'm not going to do everything I can to ensure that I'm safe and I don't care about him, which is kind of the attitude a lot of people tend to take about these things. And they won't say that. They'll say, oh, no, no, it's about it's about freedom and liberty. And yeah, fine. It is about all those things. And, uh, yeah. But it's also about protecting and, uh, people uh, yeah. as well. And, you know, just because yeah. you have your freedom yeah. doesn't mean that anybody else should be locked up because they're in a less fortunate position than you. That's privilege. We may not call it that, but that's what it is. Because mm. your grandparents sitting in an old age home can't go out for a year. And you can. That's just to do with your age. It's got nothing to do with anything else. So for me, I'd mm. like to walk through the whole of Africa with your son and you, knowing that the three of us are in the best health we can be in. Um, 
and ensuring that wherever we meet people, they'll be in the best health that we meet them in. Absolutely. And I think... Yeah, I, I, I really can't argue with that. <laughs> and I think, that, I think having that injection is yeah. ensuring part of that happening. There are other things we can do as well, obviously, as we've talked about before, like hygiene. But generally speaking, you know, we, we need to take as many measures as possible to keep ourselves as safe as possible. You think about it like this. Let me let me ask you a philosophical question. Go on. Because Go on. it's an interesting question, and it's one that we, we would have to explore quite a bit. If, for some reason, I can't create the reason myself, but just say for some reason... I'm going to pick on somewhere random in the world. You and your son were forced to live on the streets in India, in Mumbai. Right. And being estranged from all the natural protections you normally would have here. You know, like such as sort of an inferior sanitation system, clean water system, etc. What would you do to yeah. ensure that your son would be kept safe given your limited resources? You wouldn't have a lot of money. What would be your limited resources, how would you keep your son safe? Um, I get, well, okay, so do I have access to healthcare? In the- I mean, healthcare in, in, in as much as, healthcare in as much as if you, if you were ill, you could go to a clinic. Yeah, of course. Okay. But I'm saying you're um, living so, generally on the streets. And generally speaking, you don't have the kind of money you can pull back on now. What measures would you take on a day-to-day level to ensure you and your son are kept safe? I'll make sure that we eat somehow. Right, so I'm not talking Where would you get your food from? Well... The market, I've, I've yeah, maybe find something to do to pay someone to do something, um, or, or to do a, a swap. I don't know how. Maybe they have some sort of. If I help you do this, I can have that. So I guess the be a part of that would be building or becoming a part of the community. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, absolutely. Part of becoming, you know, a part of the community is also having a shared responsibility. Um. Yeah, I'll go along with that. What else could I do? Um... So what I'm trying to hint at is if you were sitting down to eat or if you were getting ready to go to sleep, how would you ensure that you keep yourselves clean and healthy? Okay, yeah, so... Yeah, we'd be obviously washing and, you know, maintaining hygiene. Even though there might not um, be running water and even though you may not have soap and things like that. We'd, we'd have to find right. a way. That's my point. So when you when you get in a situation like that, you do everything you can to ensure you keep the highest hygiene and safety procedures you can. So why, when we're offered things to do that for us as a society, are we saying, no, I don't trust that? Because then I'm going to come and ask you what's in toothpaste, what's in soap, you know, what are in these things? These are mass produced like by that. pharmaceutical yeah. com- companies. What is inside them? And for that matter, what's inside a lot of the food that we're eating these days? Yeah. This this is my other my other quandary as well. But because really, like, we're not looking at ingredients in these exactly and really. Exactly. We, we don't know what's in it. We don't. We barely know what's in our food that we eat. You know, um, on on mass, I'd say we kind of eat a lot of unhealthy food. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it's not. But you're saying unhealthy food. What I'm talking about is genetic modified food. Is that necessarily bad? Well, you tell me. You tell me. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that it's a way to... Well, I mean, again, it's that whole sort of mass production thing. But it's using Um, chemicals to mass produce natural food. Yeah, which obviously is not a good... It's not a great thing at all. Um, 
But what I'm saying to you is you're sitting in a market, you can't get soap, and if you do get soap, you don't know what's in it. You're eating food that you don't know whether it's been genetically modified or not, whether it's good for you, whether it's a pesticide and what have you on it. See, in that scenario, the people in those scenarios don't have a lot of choice about trying to well and healthy. That's why the death rate's much higher. But I'm saying to you, here we're in a situation where we're being offered a virus, a vaccination to stop a virus. And people are umming and ahhing about it. You know, because they're umming and ahhing because they've been kept safe generally on the whole for the past 30, 40, 50 years. And suddenly they've got the freedom to decide that I might not want that. And I would suggest to you that's a sign of privilege. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm. Again, for me, it's it's. I think in terms of <laughs> the argument of freedom, the the freedom to, to be able to travel becomes a becomes a, an obstacle if a person doesn't take the vaccine and. Um, doing something like this, which is particularly, you know, it's very significant, and having the opportunity to have and, and partake in this, if I don't have the vaccine, becomes an obstacle. Mm-hmm. And my son as well, um, you know, he had the, the virus, uh, or a virus, at uh, 2019, he was out for like about mm-hmm. a week. He, yeah, like if if there is a way that I could avoid that from happening, then you know that's that's not something that I'd want to kind of put up for grabs, you know. Um, and it's kind of like, well, if I have him vaccinated, then surely I would myself. <laughs> I wouldn't let I him mean, have it if I'm not going to. Given everything we've discussed today. I'm surprised you're even doubting the, the need to have yourself vaccinated. Oh no, 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 I'm just kind of like exploring the, the different perspectives. I'm, I'm very much on board with the idea of, you know what, if, if, if it prevents me, if it's the only thing that I'd have to do, fine. I'll have it. Alright, fine. And, and I'll go. I suppose that's answered the question. I think <laughs> what happens with a sense of collectivity and a sense of community is you do everything that you can to keep your community safe. So if we imagine there were hundreds of your sons everywhere, what would we do to keep them safe? And what strikes me as amazing in this society is, and in America, for example, is how many people don't understand the need for collective safety. They see more about individual freedoms. And I'm just amazed at how we, how we got here how we reached a society that consciously would rather worry about themselves than anyone else. You know, like the contrast, if you like, between what Captain Tom did, what can I go on to raise money for the health service to keep everybody alive, compared to people that are quite happy to go outside and not worry about any of these things. You know, it's like the contrast between the nurses working 36 hours in a row to keep people alive, to other people sitting at home, spending all day on computers, saying how it's all a sham. I'm just struck at the, we almost live in a two-tier society now, one where you've got your carers and your people that really do care about society, and then you've got these other people who have got the time to pontificate what they like about the world and not worry about anybody else. It's amazing, absolutely amazing. And I have to say, and this could be controversial, but I'm happy to be controversial. I was brought up to understand that the way forward for the human race is through science. And a lot of the people that argue against all these things are not doing it from a scientific perspective. They're doing it from a pseudo-scientific perspective. So they're not actually talking to anyone who has any scientific knowledge about these things. It's like going to a mechanic saying, how can you fix my car? And then turning to your friend and going, how would you do it? 
and more listening to your friend than you would to the mechanic. That's kind of what's going on. And I find that really disturbing, to be honest with you. <laughs> I can't believe we live in a world like that. It's, it's very strange. It's certainly been uh, a very interesting year. Yeah. A very, very interesting year. Many, many things have really come up for me. Um, you know, as, as I said before about being able to spend time with Shiloh and, you know, that becoming an obstacle to us having an experience such as that or even maybe even travelling between countries even in within Europe yeah, right? yeah, yeah. if that's the case yeah. an obstacle is like what are we going to do like are we just going to stay in England like are we really not like because I want to travel so, so let me ask it the other way around because so. I like what you're saying but I prefer a different twist to this imagine you decided you weren't going to bring your son along would you have the injection? If I could go without an injection. Yeah, so you could go without one. Yeah. Would you still go without one? Yeah. Well, what's I your would. thinking behind that? Um, <laughs> are we talking about, like, malaria or are we talking the coronavirus? <laughs> all but particularly the virus particularly coronavirus particularly that um, oh I don't know no I'd have to so and that's my point so that's my point so because that's because all the time you keep bringing your son I into can't. it ultimately you know for yourself yeah. that the right thing to do is to have it anyway so so in a way we've moved forward from that a little bit in terms of how we evolve the argument I don't know because the, the argument is is that if it prevents us from travelling, no, I'm saying then I would. not necessarily that I'm happy to have it, but I'll have it if it prevents. I'm saying if it didn't it. prevent you from travelling, okay. If it didn't, then oh, Mark, Mark, oh my gosh, um. Good morning, Vietnam. No. You know what? I, 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 no, I, I don't know. I need to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's like one minute I'm like, yeah, if, if my son's coming, yeah, we'd have to all have it. Cause yeah, and then I'm like, if it was just me, I don't know. I, I just, yeah. I don't know. For me, I kind of feel like, <laughs> yeah. But then again, it's a feeling. It's not really based exactly. on anything sort of scientific. It's like I feel like I'd be okay, but I don't really know because I've never been in an environment exactly. like that. Um. So yeah, it's it's yeah 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 yeah. I think if if it. Yeah, my thing is, if it prevents me, then I'll have it. If it doesn't, then no. And I think you've missed the point. I See, I think you're not listening. You're not thinking about. I think how it could affect other people. It's that widen. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the other. And I yeah. think that's sad that you still have that approach. Because I'd have to make. I'd have to make sure that I, I'm, covered, since I'm going to be passing yeah. through. So you know, through yeah, exactly. with, you know meeting so many people in so many different countries yeah, yeah absolutely um, yeah oh man well this is why we um, have these discussions we, we have the these discussions is, to open yeah, our minds to these definitely because I, I mean I have been thinking about it like even prior to our conversation on whether or not I would have it and the the thing that really kind of did it for me was if it prevents you from travelling. Mm. Like, Which is a bit of a cop-out if you think about it, because say, for example, you decided not to go travelling, it's a bit of a cop-out to put it all down to that and not to a choice about the the, the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, uh, you know, obviously it's fresher for you, so you need a bit more time to think about it, but I'm just saying it's a shame that... Um, it's a shame that you can't decide on an immediate need level, but more on a philosophical level, whether it's a good idea or not. And, you know, I, it's interesting because I think... No, I, 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 think, I think it's a good idea. I don't, I don't think... It, I mean, for it, you, be, not just for generally, but for you as well. Yeah. It's a good idea. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I would be included Fine. in that when I think about it like that. It's like, yeah, you can't... There has to be a collective sharing yeah. of all of that. Because it, it works better yeah, and for so, everyone. To me, um, it's interesting talking to you because I'm sure a lot of people out there agree with you about this. A lot of people, I believe, believe the same as you. Um, and I find that interesting because I think um, they are wrestling with the same sort of dilemma. Should I take it? Yeah. Should I not? What's the best way to go? I think they're wrestling with all of that. And, and you've helped to articulate for them some of the genuine fears and confusions around it. So you're doing a great service to people that, that are still twisted with the idea themselves. So people have got to be saying thank you for that for, for doing that. Hit us up on the Curious Anarchy Twitter at underscore Curious Anarchy. Also the same handle for Instagram. Um. Yeah, that's that's. It's been good to kind of explore that with you, as it's something that I've been thinking about, as I was saying earlier, and and I've been just pondering on on that particular point. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um. And where we've kind of been in this sort of relative isolation, it's kind of like, well, we haven't seen anyone. So, yeah. Um, it's been a good It's been one. interesting, hasn't it? It's certainly That's been interesting. Some food for thought, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'd say it's been very interesting. And, and it's, it's opened up a lot of questions. Definitely. And a lot of, um, for want of a better word, confusions. Hmm. And and I mean, another thing again is potentially if there were opportunities to work in mm-hmm. wherever, like if it was a question where you also needed to be vaccinated. I mean, most places that you go to, to most things like that, it tends to be that you would have to. Because they've been expecting yeah. some level of commitment yeah. to keeping everybody safe, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, the likelihood is it would be. Um, not necessarily a requirement, but certainly advised, let's put it like that. I mean, for example, last time I was in Africa, yeah. I worked yeah. in conjunction with health. And it, was, it would be unthinkable to say to them, well, I'm not interested in doing that. It would be unthinkable. They're trying to get the population safe, and, in and con- you're going. Down. In conjunction, in conjunction. Well, I worked you, sorry. in conjunction with a health health clinic. Sorry, health clinic. Sorry, okay. Throat's gone there. And um, <clears throat> it would have been inconceivable to say to them, "Listen, I don't really want to do that. I know we're doing it for everyone else, but I don't really want it." You know, that would just be like, "Wow, yeah. really? Do you want to work, help people get better, see. but you don't want to do it?" You could spread it yourself because you're not quite safe. Really? Okay, mm. cool. You know, it's just not, it was never an option, I don't think. And it's not an option now, to be honest with you. I don't believe it is anyway. Because I think you've got to do the thing that can help people the most. You know? Yeah, I think it, yeah. I, I get that. I get that. It's, it's, um, I'm really seeing how I'm seeing it from my perspective. Which is understandable as well. I mean, from, I get from, uh, I get that you see it from your perspective um, because obviously you're in the middle of yeah. trying to understand it. So, of course, that makes sense. But all I can say to you is if there are people that you care about in society, 
you've got to do the most that you can to keep them and yourself safe. So if you want to say in five years' time you want to be at a party with all your friends and family, you kind of be you've got to be looking to do as much as you can to keep everybody safe. That would be my interpretation, wouldn't it? It makes sense. It makes sense. And then the more I <laughs> say the longer this kind of goes on, the more I become yeah. More, more, more open to the idea. More and more, kind of available to to that. It's been a, a really, really interesting and and exploratory one. Good, Mark. I have to say that. I'd like to think so. Um, yeah, it's been yeah, it's been a really, really wow. Really enjoyed that. Um, yes, I so think so. Ending, we can always pick it up. People send us questions and yeah. things, but but it's a good place to stop because we've kind yeah. of evolved the discussion around it. So that should be a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to say thank you, Jimmy. You've you've always been an interesting and a thoughtful person to discuss things with. Thank you very much, Mark. And uh, as I say, you've always been somebody to have those thoughtful and interesting conversations with. So, you know. Okay, fair enough. Right back at you. Okay, so until such time, more time, sir. (laughs) Thank you very much, Mark. Enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, to all of you Curious Anarchy listeners to this podcast, please hit us up on the Twitter at underscore Curious Anarchy. Also the same for Instagram. And uh, hit us up with any questions or thoughts that you may have had on today's podcast.